0: behold the way the truth and the life perfect savior the blood that washed us white the god Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be We praise your name For there is freedom to death In your presence Freedom to walk In liberty Hallelujah. Hallelujah We praise your name Hallelujah We praise your name Hallelujah We praise your name I'm thankful to be in the church today. How about you? Lord, we ask that you bless this offering. We thank you, God, for those things that you have provided for us. You've been a mighty, mighty good God to us. We love you and thank you for it, Jesus. Take this offering, Lord, and use it to whatever you feel that it needs to be used for. And we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Have the victory today. How many have the victory in your hearts? Oh yes, let's sing it. We We have the the victory. victory Everything will be
0: alright, alright. Come on. We got the victory, and everything will be alright, 'cause we're on the winning side. We got the victory, and everything will be alright, alright. We got the victory. Oh,
1: in the house of the Lord. There's love in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Whoo! Hallelujah. I feel the shout of the king is among us today. Amen. Sister Cobb, I'm trying to do better, amen. After service last week, Sister Cobb, she came up to me and she said, I'm worried about you. I said, why? She says, you're looking really old. So I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to look really young. I put some extra water on my hair today to darken it up. (laughs) Amen. And I made up my mind. As I get older, I'm sure not going to get colder. Hey. <laughs> Amen. All right, all right. Man, this is going to be, this. I got just the right message for us today, I think. All right, turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 137. And we'd like to begin at verse number one down to verse number six, and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8. Um, while you're turning there, we'll pray for the message. And we want to pray for our dear president, President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania, that God would touch their bodies and bring healing to them. I don't know, did we pray for them yet? Okay, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for all of those that are infected with this dreaded sickness and uh In the name of Jesus, let's pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our president and first lady today. I pray, God, that you would touch their bodies. I pray that you would raise them up. I pray, God, that you would give doctors and nurses and the medical people the wisdom that they need to be able to help this man and his wife and all of those that are on the staff, that are there in the White House. Lord, all of the people that are suffering everywhere, from this horrible disease. We are praying for the scientists and for those that are doctors that are working on uh, a cure for this virus. God, I pray that you would use them supernaturally to be able to arrive at something that will help the people. Our trust is in you today, Lord, and we thank you for hearing us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And everybody say amen. 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 Psalms chapter 137, beginning at verse number one, down through verse number six. It is so good to see each of you today. Amen. And this is not everybody, but it, this is many of us. And so we're glad that you're here today. And let's begin reading at verse number one. The Bible says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept. Everybody say, we wept. When we remembered, everybody say, we remembered. When we, when we remembered, we hanged our harps on the willows. Everybody said we had hang ups. For there that day they carried us away captive. They required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mercy, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the, so- the Lord's song in a strange land? That's what they asked themselves. And then God answers them, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, they remembered God. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning, or my its strength. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Or in other words, let me not be able to speak. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. He was expressing how he felt about the people of God there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8 Paul reminds us in this book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And what this means is, is there is no place you can go that God is not at. There is no situation that you can be in that God is not in the middle of that. And there is no problem too big that God can't solve. Amen. So we just have to learn to sing where we are, and to grow where we're planted, and to praise where we have been uh, put. And if we will do that, God will see us through. Amen. This morning, I want to preach to you from this thought. Sometimes, you just have to preach to the choir. Sometimes, you just have to preach to the choir. And so, that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to preach to the choir. Is that all right? Preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir. Say that with me, preaching to the choir. Let's give the Lord one more hand, clap of praise today before we're seated. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you, and we welcome all of those that are online with us today. We pray that you have felt the presence of God in a mighty way. I'm not sure why, but we have never been able to have a prolonged and successful choir here at this church. I've tried. I, I love choirs. I really do. I, I I really like to hear the singing of choirs. There were times when I thought that it was going to work, and we had a group of people that were good and they sounded good, but it was never prolonged. It was never really as successful as I wanted it to be. In every one of those momentary encouragements, when we had a, a choir going. They were short-lived and the choir just, it just went away. It just went away. And I've heard many people say, a church this size, they ought to have a choir. And I said, yeah, I know. Uh, Will you be a part of it? No, no, I'm not going to be a part of the choir. No, everybody else needs to be a part of the choir, but not me. I think we should have one, but I don't think I should be a part of it. It's like a person told me one night when We decided to forego Wednesday evenings in the summertime. They said, I think we should have Wednesday evenings. And I said, "Uh, well, how come you never come to Wednesday night services then? They said, no, no, I think you should have them, but not me. I said, okay, thank you very much. (laughs) But I've always liked choir music. To me, it's the sound of heaven. It's the voice of angels in my mind and the music of the spiritual. When you hear a good choir, you know it. I mean, when you see them and you experience a good choir like Atlanta West that won the National Choir Competition, one of our churches, you know it. Again, they sound like angels and the music is very spiritual. They not only sing well, but uh, the music is exceptional also. It's not only pleasant to the ears, but it's also pleasant to the eyes because a truly good choir is always in motion. I mean, you see a good choir, am I right about that? A good choir, they're always in motion. They're weaving this way or they're weaving that way. They're stepping up or they're stepping back. They're raising their hands, they're putting them down. I mean, they are in motion, and it is a beautiful, powerful thing to be able to watch. They are connected, it seems, to one another. And uh, they, as I said, sway side to side. They stomp their feet, they clap their hands. And when they're finished, you can hear the words, now that was a choir, and they sang. And the reason why we say that is because they brought us into the presence of God. As much as we have not been able to construct an organized choir, we do have a choir not formed by man, but formed by God in this sense, that every time someone is born again in this church, there's another choir member if you would, that joins the choir of this assembly called Firstborn Ministries. And when things are as they should be, this choir, the church, it moves together in rhythmic motion to the spirit of Almighty God. They allow God to flow through them and with them. And as it does, lives are changed and God is glorified and the world has a witness. Sometimes, though, the choir is broken up. Sometimes uh, the choir members, they stop their singing, and sometimes uh, they just stop their playing. Sometimes we get out of tune, and sometimes we get off key. And when this happens, the voice is many times silenced, and the witness to the world is absent. And so in those times, we need to preach to the choir. An old phrase that has been used many times is this, Hey, you're preaching to the choir today. What this means is they are saying, I already know everything that you're saying. Don't tell me again. I don't need that. you have already trying to convince somebody that believes already. I'm already convinced, so don't try to convince me even more. And it is much like saying, we, we know everything already. And we know that, uh, that, that the things you are saying are correct. But sometimes what we know has been forgotten. And when it's not been forgotten, it has been set aside and we have laid it down and we're not practicing those things as we really should practice them. And in those times, I believe that somebody needs to stand up and preach to the choir once again and remind us that God is still God and he is still on the throne. Sometimes we have so much trauma in our lives that it all but erases our trust in God. And in those moments, we are silenced. Our giftings are set aside. We stop doing what we know we have been called to do and what God has commissioned us to be about. It is then that we need to dust off the old truths of yesterday and remind everyone that God again has not forgotten us and God will see us through. I've come to preach this morning to the choir and remind you again that God knows where you're at. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is walking with you through this difficult time. God is still there. Psalms 137 is this, the setting finds Israel taken away from their homeland. The writer of this passage is unknown. They, they don't know who had written this. It may have been David. It may have been Moses. It may have been any number of other people that are attributed to the writings there in the book of Psalms. But the Bible does say that the writer of this passage, though they were unknown, what they did know is that they were affected and Israel was affected by this experience Experience that they were in at that time. Where were they at? What was the experience? The experience was this. They were taken away captive to the land of Babylon. And there the Bible says they mourned because of where they were at. Notice verses 1 through 6. By the rivers of Babylon we sat down, and we wept, and we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows, and there they that carried us, they mourned wanted us to sing. And we said, how can we sing? We're in a strange land. We don't have everything that we want to have. And then the Bible says that God reminded them some things and that caused them to get the choir back together. Notice the downward spiral of the silencing of a great choir. You see, a great church does not die all of a sudden. A great church is not silenced just all of a sudden and the brakes are put on it. It It's done one by one. It's one voice that stops and then another voice that stops and another voice that says, I don't think I want this anymore until suddenly there are dozens that are AWOL and that are missing in that congregation, in the kingdom of God, in that purpose of God, if you would the choir of God. And that begins the downward spiral of any congregation that is there. How is it that once vibrant churches... Now today, they are very meager and they are very... They are very. Uh, it seems uh, uh, without power. It seems that they are anemic, and their voice is silence. It seems that the power of God is gone from them. I suggest it's not because God is absent. It's not because God has gone anywhere. But I would suggest that the people that have had that happen to them, one by one, they became discouraged, and they allowed where they were. Amen. To dwarf the experience that God had placed in their hearts and suddenly they backed up from all that God had shown them and the experience God had given them and the church went into decline and many of them are near dying altogether and totally. How did that happen? The Bible says the first thing that happened was we sat down. It seems that the people of God had gathered for worship near the waters of Babylon. You see, it was a strange strange place that they had never been before. The waters of Babylon symbolized strangeness. It was not like Zion. It was not the way that it used to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about here today? Say amen. And there they sat down. In my mind, It is saying they sat down because they were discouraged. In my mind, there's a difference between me sitting down because I'm tired and me sitting down just because I'm going to sit down. There have been times when I have sat down because I was tired. But other times I have sat down because I was making a statement. Amen to others and to God. Well, if this is the way that it is, I will sit down. I will not do what I should do. I will not pray I will not praise I will not worship I will not cooperate I will not give I will not be a part of this great choir called the church and there they sat down the word of God says and as they sat down then they began to remember uh, the strange place where they were at instead of rising up to worship they sat down can I tell somebody today when you You get in a strange place and you feel as though that you're all alone and you feel as though God is far from you and everything is not as it was in times past. That is not the time for you to sit down. That's the time for you to stand up and remember, He's God in every area of this world. Amen. The old song said it well. He's God on the platform. He's God in the pew he's God at the front door he's God when the sun's shining and he's God when the lightning is flashing he's God when it's raining and he's God whenever there's a storm I'm telling you God is not affected by where you're at so stand up once again and get your praise on and watch what God is going to do somebody shout amen Hallelujah to me this means, thank you, God bless you, God bless you, Uh, amen, you may be seated for a moment, Uh, to me this means they were discouraged uh, and so they sat, Uh, what is it that makes us sit, uh, when we should be standing and having our hands lifted uh, and singing uh, to the bottom of our heart, Uh, I'm not talking necessarily physically, uh, but I'm talking about sitting down inside, Uh, sometimes we're like the little boy, uh, amen that didn't have things away, wanted it. And his mom said stand in the corner. And he goes and he stands in the corner and she says now you're doing what I want. And he said no I'm not. I'm standing on the outside but I'm sitting on the inside. Can I tell you that I'm done with myself standing on the outside when I come into the presence of the Lord but yet I'm sitting on the inside. My inside has got to get connected with what my outside is doing And when my heart gets right, all of a sudden, my outside will be all right as well. I'm preaching to the choir today that you've got to stand back up once again. And when you do, let the redeemed of the Lord say, amen, so be it. God, you're still God. The second thing they did is they wept when they remembered There's sometimes a problem when we remember too much stuff. Sometimes I know too many things. I have been in a place where I begin to get bad attitude as a pastor. You say, you're not supposed to. I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm a human being as well. And sometimes I get a bad attitude because of what I know and what I remember. And so sometimes I've just got to ask God to help me to put those things aside. There is indeed a time. Time for all things, including a time to weep. Weeping is worship, and it's a beautiful thing. And in this passage, it's not condemning weeping. Weeping, you say is a language of the heart. It tear, It's tears that form the alphabetical language. Amen to God. It's the groans and the sighs and the cries that are the inflection on those words that speak to God. David said it this way, Lord, you tell my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle and you have written them in the book, in your book. There are times when tears overtake us, my friend and they overwhelm us have you ever been there? I've been there and I know that you have the tears that they wept were tears because they remembered what they had and where they were these may have been tears of regret because they did not take full advantage and appreciate where they were and now where they are it made them sad they may have been tears of sorrow longing to be back in Zion the city of God, but these were definitely tears that said, we are here, and God is there. Have you ever felt like, I am here, but God is over there. Lord, you are nowhere to be felt, and nowhere to be found. That's the tears that they wept. And those tears, they forgot about the omnipresence of God. Those tears overwhelmed them saying, We are here, but God is not with us. And the next thing that took place is, not only did they sit down, not only did they remember and they wept, but all of a sudden their hang-ups began to be in their lives revealed. They hung up their hearts on the willows. You might say they were the weeping willows of that time. And their singing was suddenly strangely silent. Amen. And they said, the people said, come on and sing now. Show us how it's done. Amen. Give God some glory. But they said we couldn't. Instead of singing, there was silence. And instead of the voice of our harps, there was nothing that was there. We were so grieved because of yesterday. And now it's gone. We remember what we had. But they forgot it's a brand new day. And in that brand new day, God said, I will give you new songs in the night. Have you ever stopped to think of the reason why that you're in a place where it's nighttime and tears and you feel forsaken of God? It may be that God is wanting to wanting to teach you a brand new song. He's wanting to give you some brand new lyrics. But the Bible said that they would not. They did not realize that the Zion that they left it was only a place in time but that God of no time and no space was with them wherever they would go they wanted the comfort of where they were in the four walls of their confines in the old sanctuary but God said I want to take you to the highways and the byways and I'm going to take the choir to sing in a place that really needs it could it be that they worshipped their routine they worshipped all that they had and when they didn't have it they said forget it could it be what they had so confined and constricted them from what God wanted it may be because of that that God allowed them to be performing at the rivers of Babylon God wanted them to learn they can sing a song in a strange land God wanted to teach them everything may not be just right but if you will understand I am God everywhere. You will sing and you will sing with all of your heart. Have you ever been there, my friend? Suddenly overwhelmed by your surroundings and your circumstances, somebody has died. Amen. Somebody said something about you. Amen. That was not right. Somebody forsook you. Amen. Somebody gave up on you. Amen. Thoughts of regret because you were not really as thankful for yesterday. Amen. Or seven months ago, can I say, as we should have been for what we had. And you thought it was not that great back then. You did not disrespect God or your blessings, but neither did you take full advantage of them. Embracing and seizing the opportunities before you. And now here we are in a strange land, in a place where we've never been before. Amen. Embracing things that we've never embraced. And weeping is there. We sit down and we weep. And weeping is all right. But understand God has not left us. God is right here with us. God is fighting for us. Understand that weeping endures for a night but joy is coming in the morning. I know it's a tough time right now. I know we're in a strange place. I know it doesn't feel right and it's not right. It's night time but somehow God has brought us to the rivers of Babylon and he said come on choir. Amen. Crank it up and sing and let them know that I'm not just the God of the mountaintops. I'm the God of the valleys. I'm the God that is on Monday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm God in every situation. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I remember being in a service, hey, amen, I'm almost done. I remember being in a service where an old country preacher was singing. He was playing an old guitar, and man, he was just beating beating that guitar. As the old timers would say, he was beating the fire out of it. He said, what is the fire? Hey, amen, that's, that's, that's Arkansas for fire. He was beating the fire out of that thing. And as he beat that guitar and sang, it seemed like many of the people were disconnected from what he was doing and the reason why is because his guitar was not in tune and his voice was really not the greatest I have ever heard. At first I thought also to dismiss what this this gentleman was doing, saying, oh dude, you missed your calling and then something happened in my heart. Amen. Uh, Something happened in my heart when I saw what I saw. All of a sudden the strings on his guitar began to break one by one. Until at last, he only had two strings. If that would have been me, I would have said, oh, I'm sorry, set my guitar down. And I would have forgot about the whole thing. But not this old country gentleman. No, no, no. He was more spiritual than I. And instead of setting it down, when this took place, he beat the guitar even harder. And he sang even louder. And in that moment, God said, see, Wendell, if you want to sing, you will. If you want to worship, you will if you want to pray you will if you want to preach you will if you want to live for me you will it doesn't matter if every string on your instrument has been broken if you want to you will it doesn't matter who says what what you've gone through when you go through the waters the waters will not overshadow you when you go through the fire it's not going to burn you up if you want to you will I said we will we will. Oh, hi, yada, butaba sata. Let me preach to the choir today. Trials dark on every hand. And I may not understand all the ways that God will lead me to the blessed promised land. But he'll guide me with his eyes. And we'll follow till we die. And we'll understand it better by and by. By and by when the morning comes. When all the saints of God are gathered home. We will tell the story of how we overcome. And we'll understand it better. Help me somebody by and by if you want to you will Amen. And we have all these distractions today. What is distracting you away from what God has called you to do? And what have you left? Amen. And taken your hands off that God wants you to put your hands back on. I'm preaching to you today. Stop believing the philosophies of men. Stop standing for everything except for what God has called you to stand for. Amen. And get back in the choir once again and start singing once again and start seeing what God will do. You may be seated just for a moment. To, and finally, the Bible says it. suddenly we heard the voice of God. He said, if I forget, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. You know what God was saying? God was saying, if I forget you, my right hand will lose its power. And his right hand will never lose its power. He said, if I do not remember you, it's interesting that he uses forget. First of all, if I forget you, my right hand will lose its power. And then he uses another word, if I do not remember you, my tongue will cleave to the roof of my mouth. Or in other words, I will be silent. Let me be speechless. God said, my, I will lose my voice if I don't remember you. And as I read through that, it seemed to me that God was sharing that there's a difference between forgetting and remembering. Forgetting, we never want anyone to forget us, do we? Amen. We never want anyone to forget us. We never want anybody to forget us. Yesterday, we we laid to rest a dear elder, Brother Ron Griffin, and we never will forget him. We'll never forget him. And can I tell you, this man preached or He preached more than I ever preached in my life. He really did. For over 20 years, he and his wife got into that old bus that scarcely was any good at all. Amen. I one time uh, uh, on a Wednesday night, they were bringing kids to church, and they, 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 they had a fire in the bus. Anybody remember that? On Alpine Road, uh, Alpine and Harlem Road. The fire department was called, and Man, it was a big deal. The Pentecostal Church of the Firstborns bus was on fire. Amen. We went down there, and we had it towed. But that didn't, that didn't, that didn't stop him. That didn't discourage him or Sister Griffin. And yesterday, I listened as several of the bus kids were here. And a couple of them stood to stand. And they began to talk about how that my mom and dad were alcoholics. And you came and you picked us up and you gave us hope. And because of you, we were able to, to, to get through. And today we are who we are because of you, Ron Griffin and Caroline Griffin. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about today. They sang. They, they might not have been the lead singer. They not, might not have been alto or tenor or, or baritone. They might not have even been able to sing as good as others were or could. But they said, bless God, I'm going to sing. I have my part. There's one of the girls stood up and she stood up and she said, when we were coming to church here, our family was so poor, we had nothing. He said the Griffins would go and they would bring buy us clothes and they would bring clothes to us. And when they would do that, we were so blessed. They would buy them Christmas things. And 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 even today, our bus director, Sister Pingle, she, she does the same thing for our our, our ministry, our, our transportation ministry, and the kids that are there. And many of you were involved in that. But this girl stood up and she said, We were so poor and we didn't have anything. And Ron and Caroline Griffin gave me hope. And today she is involved with kids in her church. I believe they're somewhere down south. And her and her husband were here yesterday all because somebody said, you know what? I'm going I'm to not sit down. I'm not going to allow my weeping to overcome what I know I should do. I'm not going to hang my harp on the willow. I'm not going to stop singing. But I'm going to do the best that I can today because somebody is depending upon me. Somebody is wanting to hear this concert that is not as we are. You you know what we want? We like to preach and sing to one another, don't we? We're like Amway salesmen telling everybody how good our product is. And that's a beautiful thing. We need that. But if that's all we do and we never take what we have out to this world, we have missed the, the reason we are here to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore... Into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. And we'll never forget Brother Griffin. We'll never forget Brother Metcalf. Never. We'll never forget them. We'll never forget Dan Hanners. Three of these wonderful individuals that we've had to say goodbye to this year. But sometimes, and none of us want to be forgotten, but just because we're not forgotten doesn't mean that we're remembered. Say, what? I can remember my oldest son, or I can forget my oldest, I can say, I haven't forgotten my oldest son, but if I give all of my other kids a gift and I don't remember to give him one, And this, I believe, is what the Lord showed me. Not only have I not forgotten you, but I'm remembering you. I'm going to remember to give you the things that you need in the area where you're at. I believe that's what God spoke to me. I've never felt that God has forgotten me. I, I just never have been that low in my, in my spiritual life. And I'm not saying that derogatorily. Please don't feel that way. I've never been to that place where I feel like God has forgotten me. But I have been there where I felt like God didn't remember me. You know, when you're overlooked for something that should have been. When you're passed by. Lord, I know you didn't forget me, but you didn't remember me either. Am I talking to anybody here today? And because of that, your voice is silent from the choir. And God said, not only will I not forget you, I will remember you. And when I heard those words in my heart, it was almost as though I could hear the choir begin to warm up and assemble themselves. (laughs) The story was told of a POW in Vietnam. Scott Graham, our general secretary of the United Pentecostal Church, told this story several years ago. I just read it this last week. I I finally figured out where he got it at, you know. (laughs) But uh, um, the story was told of this POW that was in Vietnam, and he said he was there with another man in the midst of the most horrible conditions. And he said he would hear at night a man uh, a man begin to sing. Every night it was the same song. Every night. Every night. And the song was, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming love. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath his cleansing blood. And he said every night they would sing that song. He said we never knew the man's name. We never knew anything about him but we knew that he had something that we did not have. We could hear it in his voice. You might say that he was at the rivers of Babylon. And somebody was waiting for him to sing. Now he could have said, forget this. Lord, I'm a POW. I can't do this. I'm in a strange place. How can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? How can I sing the Pentecostal praises in a a demonic prison? And yet he sang. And the man later, he became saved when he came into contact with a Pentecostal church and he heard them singing and he said, wait a minute, I've heard this before. And when he heard that singing of that Pentecostal congregation, it wasn't what they said, it wasn't the music, but it was the spirit of which and by which they sang that captured his attention. And he said, we never knew this man's name in, in, in that POW prison. And so we just called him Victory. Victory. Because victory in Jesus. And so I want to ask, is there anyone here today named Victory? Is there anyone here today that says, I have been in a strange land, and I have sat down, and I have wept when I remembered the way that it was, and I have hung up my gifting? And I did stop my singing, and now I have been disengaged. And the weeping wheels have been my home for a long, long time. Every string on my instrument has been broken. But I've come to preach to the choir to say, amen. Come on, Victory, get back up. Stand up. Go ahead and weep, but do it as unto the Lord. Pick up your gifting once again. Understand God has not forgotten you. He's remembering you even now. I hear victory warming up. Amen. saying, I've sat down for too long. I'm getting back up and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. But pastor, it's COVID. COVID or no COVID, I have a Christ that lives in me and he is the hope of glory. Come on, choir, do what God wants you to do. Let's stand and give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me
2: To victory beneath the cleansing flood Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Thank you, Lord Oh, thank you, Jesus Hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah you know what I think about whenever we sing that song? It might be an old, old story. But it's a new experience every single day. It's the only thing that can be all so old, but all so new. <laughs> and it can be your experience today. It's just not about an old story. It's about an experience that is still happening today, all around this great world that we live in. The Holy Ghost is still being poured out upon all flesh, and we're thankful for that. Baptism in Jesus' name is still happening all around the world, and we're thankful about that. Amen. Because there is indeed victory in Jesus. Amen. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for coming to church today. Thank you for helping us. Amen. This was good. There's probably some people you haven't seen in a long time here today. And uh, so you might want to look around and wave at everybody and say, hello. Haven't seen you in seven months, but I'm glad you're still here. (laughs) And maybe there's someone that's not here today, and uh, they maybe have not been here in a while. Maybe call them next week and say, hey, come on back to Firstborn. Come on back to Firstborn. Let them know what happened in the service today. Let them know there's social distancing and we're doing all these things. So let them know. Call somebody that hasn't been here. And even better than that, invite someone. Invite a guest. Invite your neighbor. You say, well, we won't have enough room. We'll figure it out, all right? We will figure it out because we want to see people saved in 2020. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday night. We hope you have a great rest of your day.